0: See here, Are we working now. Yep, all right. I think we're working now. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. My name is John Hudspeth, and I will be your host this week and every other week so welcome to the show i uh, have been having some microphone difficulties my little girl who is almost 10 months old actually when this drops she will be 10 months old she is extremely mobile now she's crawling everywhere uh, she's pulling up on furniture and stuff standing she's even letting go and you know balancing for a second uh, so she's gonna be walking any day now but anyway uh, her favorite thing to do now is to crawl into our bedroom where I have my computer set up and grab a hold of the microphone cord and shake it all around and try to eat it and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I went to start recording and the mic wasn't working. think I got it now. Hopefully there's not a short in the cord or anything like that, but I think we're rolling according to the little uh, beeps showing up on my computer. So anyway, all that to say, welcome to the show. We are back for another great episode this week. We're going to be talking all kinds of turkey hunting this week and uh, not necessarily any strategy or skill or anything like that. It's mostly just going to be stories because I've actually done quite a bit of turkey hunting the last uh, I guess two weeks and uh, so I've done basically three different turkey hunts uh, throughout the last two weeks and so I'm going to talk a little bit about some time I spent on public land, uh, some time I, went, I spent with the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation And then uh, I went to Texas this most recent weekend and had some success. And so that's what we have for you guys. Um, Man, I feel like I have so much to update y'all on just because I feel like I haven't really done a a life update in a while. Um, But I also haven't really uh, done anything that uh, important lately either. So um, I think I mentioned my wife and I went on vacation. We got food poisoning at the end of it, which was absolutely terrible. Um, We got back from vacation. And uh, just went right back into work and all that good stuff. I have not been to the ranch in at least a month. Um, Yeah, I ran up there uh, when the guys came down for the hog hunt. After they left, I planted uh, some switchgrass for screening cover. And I've not been back since. So I have no idea how that screening cover has gone. We've got a couple good rains. So it should be growing. I just haven't really got to see if it's raining. uh, Or sorry, if it's growing. Uh, I am planning to head up there, not this weekend, this weekend, my wife and I have a wedding, but the following weekend, uh, my wife is taking the baby to go hang out with some of her friends for a girl's weekend. So I am headed to the ranch and it is food plot time. So going to be picking up some soybeans. We've had quite a bit of moisture lately, which is good. Ground should be nice and moist. Um, I'm getting a lot of, uh, winter wheat popping up from, you know, last fall and so I think the plan is to go ahead and spray that, terminate that. And then I, I'm, I've i mentioned it before in the past, we got that new finishing plow and I don't need to plow. Like I'm like the point of the plow is not to, you know, turn the ground over or anything like that. But when I first made this food plot way back when um, we had a, a big plow that I went back there and I, you know, I'd sprayed the grass and I was just kind of, you know, using the plow because it was a brand new plot going into old grass and everything. But when I plowed it up, it was, it was pretty wet and I made huge ruts. It's pretty sandy soil. And those ruts have just never gone away. Uh, so even though that was like three years ago, three or four years ago, um, you know, I've planted it multiple times, sprayed it multiple times, and it's just a pain because I have these giant ruts everywhere. And so, yeah, so I'm I, I'm gonna take the finishing plow, not to really turn the ground over, but more just to try to smooth it out, make it easier to drive across, walk across. Um, I mean, I've even seen deer actually like walk around these ruts because the ground is so uneven. So, so yeah, all that to say, gonna plow it real lightly just to try to level it out, smooth it up, and then I'm just going to immediately go back and plant soybeans. So this is my first time planting soybeans. I think I tried once. Years and years ago and I didn't really know what I was doing, didn't have very good success, I was also putting them in a really small plot that was probably not big enough, and so they just got what little bit did come up, immediately got hammered, and they didn't do me much good. So so yeah, this time I'm going to be planting about 5 acres worth of, of uh, soybeans, 3 acres in one, 2 acres in another. And, yes, very, very excited about it, so um, depending on how those soybeans do, I may hold some of them to the fall. I may you know throw some stuff in there on top of it. I don't know we'll we'll see how it goes, but um, I was talking to my oh gosh, my sister's father in law uh when I was in Nebraska and asking him because they're i mean they farm for a living corn and soybeans, and I was basically asking him how late I could wait to plant them because I do want them to hold over into fall. And he basically said you can plant them as late as you think you have moisture. And so, um, you know, part of the reason I've waited so late is because I haven't had a chance. Um, But also I'm kind of holding out because I want to try to wait until, you know, they are maturing a little bit later to hopefully have some forage left, you know, October 1st when the deer season rolls around. So so that's my plan. Crossing my fingers that we continue to get some moisture because I don't know, it seems like things are slowly drying up i mean all of a sudden this weekend it's like super hot i think it's gonna hit like 95 today out of nowhere um so hopefully there's some moisture left in the sky um hopefully the soybeans make it and yeah that's 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 the hope so got the screening cover hopefully i'll have some soybeans and hopefully this coming deer season is going to be one of my best ever so not going to lie uh you know I kind of broke the story of the 2% buck this last fall I've I've never really talked about him much in the past uh just cuz I didn't want to draw much attention to him but uh you know it's cat's it, kind of out of the bag and it's no secret that he is definitely going to be one of my main targets this coming year um but as I've mentioned he's just a ghost and I, I do not think he lives on our property I'm pretty sure he lives on the neighbors Um, just kind of always came over at night. And like I said, I'd be lying if I, if I said that these food plots were not with him in mind, I'm just trying to give him a reason, uh, to, to, to hang around more. Um, you know, he's usually on us a lot during the summer. Uh, I typically get several velvet pictures of him, although this previous year, I think I only got one or two. Um, but yeah, just any reason for him to spend more time on our property, I'm I'm going to do it. So, so yeah, that's the goal. That's the life update. Um I still have yet to go fishing. I think I might go fish a farm pond uh this evening or this weekend sometime. Uh you know, just here around local, but I've not taken the boat out. Um haven't really done much fishing at all, so let's see I updated my daughter, updated y'all on the food plots, updated y'all on the lack of fishing. I guess that's it. I think we're ready to jump into the episode. So that's going to do it for this intro. Um, We're going to hear a quick word from a few of our partners, and then I'm going to be telling y'all all all kinds of turkey stories. So that's what we got in stock today. Hope y'all are ready for it, and I'll see y'all right on the other side of this quick ad break. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Arrowhead Land Company has one goal, to help the hardworking landowners of Oklahoma and beyond. The founders of Arrowhead have years of real estate experience between them and will use it to help you either buy or sell that little slice of heaven. Real estate is one of the oldest and safest investments you can make in this great country of ours. So it makes sense that you want to trust that decision with somebody who really knows the business and wants what's best for you. And it certainly doesn't help if that person knows a thing or two about hunting also. Check out Arrowhead Land Company for all of your land buying and selling needs. All right, folks, let's get after these stories. So all of this kind of started a few weeks ago, um, or really before that, back at the Backwoods Show. Um, I met the guys from the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation, uh, had Tim on the show, hopefully y'all listened to that episode, and uh, the weekend, I believe it was the weekend of the 21st, was their spring turkey hunt and so had tim on the show you know was saying how i wanted to get involved but i had some some work stuff going on and it's the complete opposite side of the state and so i was afraid i wasn't gonna be able to get up there in time because they, they start the hunt at noon on friday Um, and so I was talking to Tim and and he asked if I would be willing to lead the church service Sunday morning. And I said, absolutely. And so he's like, Hey, if you just want to come up, you know, hang out Saturday afternoon, lead the service on Sunday, that'd be fantastic. So I was like, all right. And so, um, so I immediately got on Onyx and started looking around for some public ground close and found two places. And so did some research, kind of narrowed in. And so I wasn't able to leave early on Friday, but I left after work, drove up there, and uh, my plan was to hunt public Saturday morning and then go hang out with the you know the guys at the foundation. So, so uh, got off work a little bit early, not much. Drove all the way across the state, and I thought that I was going to be up there with a little bit of time to scout Friday evening, um, but end up when I was going through Oklahoma City, I I don't know what happened. I just. Did what you know the map told me to do, but somehow when I was on the other side of Oklahoma City, I had somehow lost like thirty minutes. I don't know if I accidentally missed an exit. Um, I didn't really hit any traffic or anything, but just all of a sudden it was like somebody snapped their finger, and I was thirty minutes behind. And those thirty minutes ended up being very important because I did not make it up make it up there in time to scout. And so, uh, originally I, I thought maybe I'll still drive, you know, out there to just to see if like the parking area is, you know, available if the gate, you know, if there's a gate or not. Um, but I, I was just tired. Um, I knew I was going to have to wake up super early cause I was staying like 45 minutes away from, you know, the hunting area. And so ended up, didn't even drive out there to see it the evening before. So just went straight to uh, Fairview is where the, you know, the area where the hunt was. So stayed in the hotel there, got maybe five hours of sleep. I woke up, gosh, at like 4 a.m., something like that. I want to say I was on the road at 4.30. Um, So woke up super early, just punched it into the, the GPS, a spot that I had scattered online, and drove out there. So... Pull up again, never laid eyes on it, done nothing but kind of look at the map on Onyx, looked at the state map, you know, made sure I was in a a clear, open hunting zone and everything. Uh, This this area did have some like uh, non-ambulatory, however you pronounce that word, spots. And so just wanted to make sure I was all in the clear. Um, So get to where I was planning to go. And there was actually already a truck in the parking lot. And I got there... Over an hour before daylight, and so whoever was there, like my hats off to you. You are obviously hardcore turkey hunter. Um, so anyway, I'm in this big area. I mean, the the whole area is thousands of acres. The little place where I had parked, I um, mean, you know, you're going to be able to access a couple thousand acres from this one parking area. And so I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at this other truck. He's kind of parked on like the left side of the parking area. And so I'm like, all right, I'm guessing, just guessing he probably went left. Um, the spot that I had scouted out was to the right. And so, uh, yeah, got my back backpack on, had my decoy, had my little bitty, uh, it's not really a blind. It's just kind of like a little camo netting cover thing it's actually I bought it last year when I went to Nebraska um, to deer hunt with and I thought it'd be perfect for you know this kind of running gun turkey hunting so had that shotgun obviously and uh, and took off and so again never stepped foot on this place had no idea what I was getting into you know I tried to like zoom in and look at the vegetation but just couldn't really see um, I knew it was going to be more area arid I was really afraid of rattlesnakes um, but anyway, so yeah, so I just, I had my headlamp on, I'm literally looking down at my phone, basically just like walking, looking at the little blue dot on my phone and going to this X that I had marked. And so follow the road for maybe 200 yards, get off the road. And I'm like brush busting. I mean, going through, uh, I don't, not really mesquites. I don't know what they were. It was, it was dark. Um, you know, got into some really tall grass, uh, ended up having to walk around like a little wetlands area. Um, and I finally got to this kind of field edge and I'm walking towards this tree line getting closer and I can, I can see that I'm getting close to where I want to be. And I'm like, yes, you know, it's still a good way till daylight and everything. I'm keeping my ears open, listening for gobbles and I'm getting closer (laughs) and then all of a sudden I thought I saw like some light and I was like, what the heck? And I kind of look and stop. Don't see anything, put my head down, keep walking, and then, bam, somebody's headlamp comes on. And I I assume it was the other guy in the parking lot. And guys, like when I say he was where I was going to go hunting, I'm not talking like close to the area. I'm talking like he was on the X. Like it was, it was as if I had sent him my pen and be like, Hey, this is where you should hunt. That's where this guy was. And so, um, I, I don't, gosh, I don't know. I'm always confused when you're on public land, if you're supposed to like go up and talk to the person or not, I, I tend to shy away from it. And so I, I turned and started walking the other direction. And, uh, I, I thought I had a backup plan, but when I got to looking at my map, that, you know, that spot was really too close to all my backup plans, you know, with another hunter in there, so trying to figure out if I can walk past him, because there's some really good looking stuff past him, but I just kind of felt weird, I didn't want to, you know, mess up his area, and then I was also just afraid that I would wind up close enough to him that, like, if I heard a gobble, I would think it was him, you know, if I heard turkeys or whatever, Um, and so I just decided, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to go the other way, so I ended up walking all the way back to the truck um, through, <laughs> I had already I'd walked off the path enough that I didn't walk back the same way, and I was trying to get back on the road, and so I walked through some super thick stuff, um, found some awesome deer beds <laughs> actually. Uh, like I was walking through, I'm in like chest high grass. There's little saplings everywhere, and all of a sudden there's just like yeah, little open spots in the grass. There's rubs everywhere, uh, so yeah, I found an awesome awesome buck bedding area. But anyway, get, make it back to the road, go back to the truck, and take off the other direction. And so I actually kind of headed towards uh, the river and uh, get to a spot that looks pretty good. And uh, I was like, you know what, this might be worth setting up. Pull up the map and kind of zoom in a little closer. And I realized I had kind of made a mistake. So I was hunting along a river, but about 100 yards off the river, there was like this big slough. And I had basically put myself on the opposite side of the slough of the river, and so I'm looking above me. I'm looking at like the trees and everything, and I just realized like like a turkey's just not going to be where I am, and the chances of me being able to call a turkey over that slough I feel felt like were pretty slim, um, and so I just feel like man, I got to get around this slough. And so I basically take off parallel to the river, further from the parking area. And I walk and I walk and I walk. And it's like, all right, you know, probably good here. Pull out the phone. Still not around the slough. It was longer than I thought. So walk and walk some more. And uh, I finally make it around the slough. And by this time, it's starting to get a little bit of light. Like I, I can't quite turn my headlamp off, off, but it's, it's getting bright. And so start setting up, you know, I, I take my backpack off and stuff. And uh, again, it's kind of getting lined up to see, and I started looking around, and I'm just I'm just not liking what I'm seeing around me. I'd kind of got away from like the big tall cottonwoods, it was all shorter, kind of like post oak type stuff, and I just didn't feel confident in the area. Um, I went ahead, I pulled out my, I don't know if I tried to uh, do a hen call, or I brought a crow call, but did like a locator type call, and didn't hear anything uh, you know, answer it. And so that just drove my confidence down even more. And so pulled out the phone again and I wasn't too awful far from like a wheat field that was on the public area. And so sprinted over there. It was probably two or three hundred yards and basically just kinda got to the wheat field. It's getting light. I was like, I'm just gonna set up. I just I just feel like I need to do something. So uh tucked into the brush surrounding the wheat field, threw my decoy up out in the wheat field. And let the sun come up. So I was thinking it was a big wheat field. I didn't measure it, but it was probably 10 acres, something like that. And so I felt like even though the area didn't look super good, that, you know, maybe there'd still be some turkeys around. Um, I think this was one week after the opener. And so I'm sure all this area got hit pretty hard, you know, opening weekend. Um, But I thought, you know, with the big open area that I might at least be able to see some and then maybe work my way closer or you know, call them in, whatever, and it just didn't work out. I sat there for 45 minutes, never saw anything, never heard anything. I was calling. Uh, before long, couldn't take it anymore. Uh, I, I just, I realized I wasn't doing any good, so I went ahead and picked up. Um, moved closer to the river. Actually went all the way and walked to the river, um, calling along the way. But I think I'd just gone too far to the west basically from the parking area uh you know the stuff that i was looking at at the east it was your big cottonwoods. um it was more native grass not not as brushy and stuff like that and so i think kind of in my haste trying to get away from that uh, other hunter i ended up just going too far away from the good stuff so um went back to the truck Uh, i did stop off at one other area but you know by the time i got there and everything it was like 8.30, 8.30, you know, kind of the that prime time fly down time had already passed. Um, did a little bit of exploring, did a little bit of calling, but again, didn't hear or see anything. So, so yeah, that was my public land hunt, um, short and sweet. Again, I just had one morning. I'd never stepped foot off, you know, on that property, so it's hard to complain too much. Um, I did find a little bit of satisfaction in the fact that that other hunter was in the spot that I was going to hunt because that guy he was most likely a local you know he was out there he was he was obviously knew what he was doing he was a hardcore turkey hunter and i was ended up in the same spot as him so that you know that part was cool um it was definitely adventure and i i just love walking around on new properties um obviously you know i, I was looking for deer sign the whole time looking for sheds um so yeah no no sign of turkey whatsoever um but it was still fun and it was awesome and i'm i'm glad i did it so so, headed back to the hotel, uh, took a quick nap, kind of cleaned up, and headed out to the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation guys. I need to figure out a, a quicker way to say it. I'm just going to refer to them as the foundation now. So, uh, so yeah, uh, headed out there, showed up at camp uh, right after lunch, and so they had already done a evening hunt on Friday, a morning hunt on Saturday, and then they were all eating lunch, and so... Walked in there, you know, had never met a soul of these people, uh, you know, nobody there. Um, I guess one guy, Keith, who I believe is Tim's son, uh, I he was the guy that I talked to at the booth. I figured that out, and he you know, remembered me and everything. So, um, but right away they made me feel at home. Uh, there were some awesome people there. Um, you know, hunters were great. The guides were great. The guys running it were great. Um, very well run program. Uh, I, I think I talked about it last week, but guys, I cannot just brag on these guys enough and, and they need help. They need people to volunteer. They need money. Um, if you're listening to this, if you love this show, you would love this organization. Um, and I, and I'm going to tell a quick story here to, to kind of go with that. But, uh, um, like I said, right away made me feel at home. Uh, the food was fantastic. They were staying in, uh, like an older gym um it was old enough i did laugh about this it was old enough that the basketball court did not have a three-point line so it was it was that old but it served the purpose um a lot of people brought campers uh some people were in tents a lot of people like myself were staying in town at the hotels um so yeah but awesome awesome and so just kind of hung out with everybody and uh keith was like hey i'm i'm taking a, a a youth hunter out if you want to come with us i was like yeah that'd be great And so I, unfortunately, it it ended up getting cold that evening and, uh, I had not come prepared to hunt because I just thought I was going to be hanging out. Uh, so luckily I had like a spare sweatshirt. I'd brought my coat and I had a spare sweatshirt in the truck, um, had nothing to layer, you know, on my legs or anything like that. Uh, turned out we didn't need it, which was good. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, our hunter's name was Brock. Um, I posted a, a video of him on Instagram. Hopefully everybody saw it. Uh, Brock was nine years old. Um, his mom was there with him and then her boyfriend was there, uh, with his son also. Uh, so, but they were going with a different guy to try to get him a turkey. And so, uh, me and Keith, Brock and his mom all jumped in the, in the truck and drove off. And we were one of the later ones to, to get out. Um, so as we were driving around, you know, Keith was kind of pointing out the other hunters and where they were and everything like that. And so it was kind of cool cause we got to see the whole area and, uh, we actually drove by where we were going to go hunt, by the blind, and went to kind of scout out this wheat field. He was, Basically, he didn't want turkeys to be in that wheat field because it would mean that they probably weren't going to come to us. So we went and checked it out. There actually was one hen out in that wheat field. She kind of spooked a little bit, but he's like, all right, that's good. So we turn around, go through the gate. We park. We get out of the truck. And as we turn to walk towards the blind, we actually see some turkeys kind of working their way away from where we're about to sit away from the blind up uh on top of this ridge and so keith's like oh man that's not good you know they beat us here i don't know if they'll come back so we start walking and and little brock was so excited and he was a firecracker he was full of energy and so uh, keith actually asked if his mom would like pick him up and carry him uh just to kind of keep him contained and she made it about you know three steps and he's you know hitting her and stuff and one down he's too excited and so she set him down i don't blame her and uh so we're trying to like keep him calm keep him you know under control and he's running around and wanting to climb up the hills and everything and so uh we, we keep walking and our blind was set up on the bank of a creek and it, it was dry and so we dropped down into the creek bed and and uh, we had watched uh, these turkeys kind of make. They made it into the into the trees, and we're kind of headed up the ridge. But you know, Keith was like, "We might be able to call them back down." So we work all the way through the creek. We pop out of the creek and just go straight into the ground blind. So we get set up in there. I had brought an extra chair. They already had their chairs and gear and in there, and uh, they have um, they have all kinds of equipment for for these hunters. And uh, the way that it was working with this uh, younger kid, uh, Brock. Uh, Keith had a gun and he was going to hold it and everything. And then they have a trigger system that is actually connected to a battery and it goes to a button. And uh, Brock's mom had one and Brock had one. And the way it works is one of them had to hold the button down and then the other one would press the button. And that's what made the gun fire. And so, you know, Keith makes sure they're good on that. Make sure everybody's set and starts calling. And I, I actually learned a ton. I was really glad I went with him um we were hunting rios you know we're out further west and uh keith was extremely aggressive with his calling uh i feel like everybody always talks about you know the fear of overcalling like you know don't overcall don't overcall I, that's all that i've ever heard is you know you got to be careful you got to be patient Dude, (laughs) Keith had a slate call in his hands and then had a mouth call in his mouth, and he'd be doing those suckers at the same time. He'd start with the mouth call, then he'd hit the slate, vice versa. I mean, he was making some serious noise, Um, not pausing very long between the calls, uh, and uh, these birds just immediately started gobbling back. I mean, first call, they cut him off. like They were were fired up, even though we assumed we'd kind of spooked them, but... I, I, I'm I thinking they just kind of saw the truck pull in. They didn't really see us. I don't know. They weren't hard spooked somehow. Uh, so he had set a decoy out there. He's calling. He's hammering. And eventually one of these turkeys comes down the hill, and we see it pop out, but it's across the fence. And we need them to be on our side of the fence, obviously. And so he's calling he's calling and of course this gobbler's hung up and so i mean we can see it brock can see it he's all excited it's you know strutting around and stuff it's it's not really coming out in the open it's it's hanging close to cover but we can see it and so we're all just like please please cross that fence please cross that fence and uh, so keith calls once and i hear a gobble but i'm watching the gobbler that we that we're looking at and it wasn't him and so I'm like, okay, now we got two gobblers. And so we're, you know, again, Colin, calling. they're gobbling. Sometimes they gobble together. Sometimes they gobble separate. Eventually the second bird comes out and it's even bigger. It's got a big, nice beard. And so we got these two gobblers here, uh, but they just, they're hung up on the fence as turkeys tend to do for whatever reason. They just don't want to cross this fence. They see the decoy. They just won't commit. And uh, so we're sitting there and we're trying to figure out what to do. We're trying to be patient. And I, I turned my head to the left and we had a, a window where the, like the screen was closed, but the, the, the solid part was open. And that hen that we had scared on the road, I see her come around the corner and I was like, Hey, we got a hen to our left. And he's like, all right, like it could, this could be good or bad. You know, if the hen comes to us, it's good. But if that hen goes to these gobblers, they could you know, very easily just take her off into the thick stuff and, and we're toast. And so I say a quick little prayer. I'm like, Lord, please, please let that hen come to us. And so we're watching and, and he's still calling. They're still fired up. They're looking at the, the decoy. They're looking at the real hand. They're kind of going back and forth. And, uh, and I hear Keith kind of whisper like, like, Lord, please let that hen come to us. And so I very carefully turn my head again. And just as I, you know, kind of find her, She's coming underneath the fence, and I whisper to Keith, she crossed, and so he he calls and uh and just immediately as soon as that hen came under, she walks right I mean she probably walked within seven yards of us right there, and we see the gobblers put their fans down, and they tuck under the fence. Keith gets ready he's you know picking out a bird, and I hear him you know whisper to to Brock like get ready, and I see him take aim, and I hear him whisper fire and boom. Gun goes off, turkey drops, and guys, if you haven't seen the video, I, I didn't video the shot. I, I had my phone out, and I was videoing Brock. Please go to my Instagram and, and watch this video, because that shot goes off. And it takes Brock kind of a second to, to register what happened, and then he loses his mind. And it, it, is, it is awesome. It is amazing. He's jumping up and down. His mom's freaking out. He's freaking out. Keith grabs him and bear hugs him. And, you know, and yeah, and he's, he's like, oh, I shot him in the head. I shot him in the head. <laughs> Cause that's, you know, what they preach to him and stuff. And it was just so cool. Um, we, you know, we get out of the blind and we had to hold Brock by the collar to keep him from running up there and getting spurred by the, the turkey because he was so excited. And eventually the turkey, you know, they always kind of do the, The death run, or not run, but, you know, they're kicking their legs and flapping their wings. And and we didn't want Brock to get hurt, so we're holding him back. And finally, he gets that out of his system. And, guys, this turkey was massive. Uh, He ended up actually winning the largest turkey competition. I think he was 22 pounds. I think he had a 10-inch beard. And his spurs were almost an inch and a half. I think think they measured out at an inch and three-eighths. Huge spurs, huge bird we we love we kept holding the bird up next to brock and it was it was like bigger than him uh his mom is just immediately calling everybody she knows she called her dad and her mom and and you know all aunts and uncles and she just kept getting all these texts and stuff and she was sending them pictures and and brock was just so excited he kept holding the bird he kept picking up the the legs and looking at the spurs and stuff um i mean just made your heart melt um one of his first hunts ever, his first turkey. Uh, I, I'm I'm tearing up a little bit just thinking about it. Keith lost it. I'm I'm gonna throw him under the bus. He he started crying. Um, yeah, just I, I can't explain the emotions that that went on on this hunt. Um, and I I am all for it. I I want to go back. Um, they do two uh, deer hunts in the fall. They do a youth only hunt and then they do an everybody hunt and uh and guys i uh, just again I, i can't brag on these people enough taking the time to do all this stuff you know they're out there ahead of time scouting setting up blinds you know in deer season they're running feeders um and i think uh i think on this hunt there were 13 hunters i think six of those 13 were in wheelchairs and you know they so they have to make all the accommodations for that uh be it ground blinds or um you know, whatever, you know, deer blinds and stuff. You know, a lot of them have to be wheelchair accessible. Um it's just a fantastic, fantastic organization. So once again, I'm gonna plug it again. If you have some time to volunteer, uh it's usually three days. Usually the hunts start at noon on Friday. They hunt Friday evening, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and then Sunday morning and that's it. So it's really only two days. Um, if you find it in your heart and you want to get involved in, in something that is a an awesome good cause, look these guys up, and I'm going to be promoting them more as we get closer to deer season. Um, if that's not your thing, maybe you don't have the time, or you don't feel like you uh, you know could be a guide or or help cook or anything. Man, think about writing them a check. Every little bit helps. Um, you know, the cost of all this stuff, all the, the feeders and the blinds. And, uh, you know, they like to give all the hunters gear, you know, bags. And, and they were giving, you know, the kids turkey calls. They did a kids turkey calling competition Saturday night. Um, just just think about it, pray about it, uh, and help these folks out. Because it's, yeah, I, I just can't brag on them enough. So so that concluded. Um Uh, the hunt up there, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, they did, you know, took some more hunters out. Um, I want to say they ended up killing eight turkey, eight out of 13 hunters got a turkey, which is pretty darn good. Um, they're running all over the place. Uh, the landowners is a huge part of this, uh, you know, being willing to let these people come and, and, and hunt on their property and take their animals. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I did my talk Sunday morning. And then headed home, and that finished out that weekend. So, so that was the Oklahoma portion of my of my hunting season. And then this last weekend, I made the trip out to West Texas to to my buddy's place. Had the place all to myself, and uh, and had a grand old time. So it was uh, it was clouded in a little bit of of sadness. Um, I haven't uh, mentioned this on social media or anything like that, but uh, that Thursday. Uh, before the weekend that I went to Texas, uh, my eight year old cousin was killed in a car accident. Uh, his mom and him were in a vehicle with one of his friends and his friend's mom. Uh, they were driving home from a a field trip and just complete freak accident. Uh, a wheel came off an 18 wheeler bounced across the median and hit right there where my cousin Baron was sitting, um, shattered the glass uh killed him instantly um nobody else in in the vehicle was hurt um but uh but poor baron uh eight years old eight year old eight years old, went to be with the lord um so that happened on thursday um another reason that it kind of made it tough on everybody was it was a a fairly similar incident to when my brother was killed, which has been twelve years ago now um it also was a, a car accident involving an eighteen wheeler uh, so it brought back a lot of bad memories. Um, it brought back some sweet memories too. you know, anytime we get to reflect on my brother, it's, um, it, it can be a sweet time also, but so that happened on, uh, Thursday. Uh, the family asked that we, you know, stay away, let them have some time on Thursday. <clears throat> and then Friday, we all went over there and, and hung out as a family, you know, extended family and friends and everything. So, um, so yeah, I went over to my uncle's house, aunt and uncle's house on Friday hung out with them for a good long while and then um as everybody was was leaving I I headed out to West Texas and went ahead and drove all the way out there uh Friday night. So kind of similar to uh you know the Oklahoma deal where I I got there super late at night. I, I want to say I got there around 10. Um, but, uh, my, my buddy has a, a, Nissan Frontier that he keeps out there truck and it's got, you know, mud grip tires on it and everything. And I knew it was going to be fairly wet cause we had some rain during the week. And so I, I thought ahead and went ahead and, and turned it on just to make sure one, that it would start and two, check the gas gauge. And sure enough, it had less than a quarter tank of gas. And so he keeps some gas tanks there. And, uh, so I threw the gas tanks in my truck, drove back to town, which was about, 20 minutes uh filled the gas tanks and headed back filled the truck so all that to say i didn't get to bed till like 11:30, something like that uh friday night and uh as i mentioned before we don't we stay at a house that's not actually on the property where we hunt so you have to drive down the road a little ways and then weasel your way back through uh some other landowners so it, it's a it's a long haul to get out there and so got out there nice and early um had my same little uh, you you know, pop it's not a pop-up blind but my little uh short blind uh so took it out there had a you know i have hunted this property before i killed a turkey out there last year so i had a good idea where to start um <clears throat> and uh my buddy this last summer dozed in some new wheat fields uh, and stuff like that for the deer but i figured they'd be good for the turkeys also and uh, it's again pretty darn dry out there but there's two big creeks and along those creeks you have some big cottonwoods and some thicker stuff and so it, it really uh, it helps you narrow down where these turkeys are going to be because those are some of the only roost trees in the area so get there early before sun up and everything i uh have my blind with me and and this time i just feel a little i, I learned it from last year instead of just setting up somewhere usually you can hear a turkey gobble on the roost and you can kind of work your way and set up so i i get close to one of these wheat fields go ahead and, and hit a call and get a response like w- around a hundred yards. And so I'm like, there's no reason to get any closer. Um, no reason to spook this Turkey. So I ended up setting up actually on the edge of that wheat field, uh, threw my decoy out there, kind of stepped it off. I think I put it at like 18 steps, something like that. 16, 18 steps. Uh, found a, a sweet setup where there was a, a big mesquite tree that it had another pretty large, uh, like post oak or something, fall in front of it, and so I was able to tuck up against that mesquite tree. Had like a, a basically an already built blind in front of me. Went ahead and put up my little uh, cover thing. Had a place to like set my calls and everything. Uh, the one thing, my one regret on this hunt is I I brought my GoPro. I'm trying to be better about filming all this stuff. <clears throat> but I didn't have a good, a very good spot to attach my GoPro to film, like in front of me, where I could kind of control it. And so I basically had to put it up above my head on a, a tree limb, kind of looking down. But I didn't have a way to move. Like if a turkey got in close, I, you know, it's not like I could reach up there and move it without being seen. So I kind of had to guess on where the turkey was going to come from. And so uh, the turkey's still gobbling. A couple other chirping at this point. And so I, I haven't, uh, made any other, any more calls, you know, I'm just kind of letting them do their thing, um, make sure I'm good and set up, make sure I kind of let everything die down, sun's coming up. And so when I knew it was starting to get closer to fly down time, uh, I started giving a few yelps, you know, just real soft, real easy, nothing aggressive just to let these birds know where I was at. Uh, and so, um, by the time it, you know, got more light, I actually had three gobblers, Uh, the original one that I heard was off to my right, about a hundred yards. There was one even closer straight in front of me. And then there was one pretty far away to my left. And so I was feeling good about it. Um, didn't think I was going to have too much trouble. Turns out I didn't. Uh, so, you know, that's getting more light. I, they flew down really late. I felt like, uh, I can't remember, God, I don't remember the shooting times. I want to say it was like 640 by the time they flew down. I think sunup was like 610, something like that. <clears throat> so it was it was pretty good and light. And uh, so um, sitting there, you know, giving a few yelps every now, every now and again. The bird in front of me is fired up. He's responding to me. The bird to my right was also very fired up. You know, I know he was close and could hear me and everything. Uh, the bird in front of me actually shut up for a little while. And then about, you know, 6.35, somewhere in there, he got real fired up. And so I knew he was going to be flying down soon. So I reached up, turned my camera on, and uh, was just sitting there ready. And sure enough, a few minutes later, it was about 6.40, like I said, uh, I hear him fly down. And I actually got, got a quick little glimpse of him uh, as he kind of went between the trees. So he flew down straight towards me. I mean, he was probably he was probably roosted less than 100 yards from where I sat up and or set up. And when he flew down, he probably landed within fifty yards. I mean, pretty darn close. Uh, he actually walked through a pretty decent gap, and he was like, he was a little far, but he was shootable. Um, he was probably in the forty-five yard range, something like that. Um, but I, the grass was just tall enough that I couldn't really see what he was. Um, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't shooting a Jake. You know, they, there's enough long beards out there that it's worth waiting for. And so he was all puffed up and strutting, um, but I I couldn't see his beard. I just couldn't tell. I just wanted to make sure he was a mature bird. So he made it all the way through the gap, kind of disappeared again. And, uh, you know, I'm watching, I'm ready. And I hadn't seen him yet, but actually two hens popped out in front of him uh, that I guess were with him. So they're out in the wheat field to my left. And then sure enough, he pops out and uh, he just immediately puffs up, struts, I was kind of surprised. He basically ignored the two hens that he already had with him. Uh, he was all into my decoy and I guess my calls, um, and so I, di- I didn't even call to him or anything. I just he he came out. I had my the gun ready. I could tell he was interested. I had the GoPro running. Of course, I had set the GoPro up more to the right, and he had circled around to the left. Um, guys, I I think I made a post about it. I would have given anything to have had a cameraman with me it was a short short hunt wasn't necessarily incredibly exciting but when he popped out in that wheat field and and puffed up you know strutted he did not let down a single time and he just looked like a bodybuilder out there puffed up he turned sideways he like sidestepped in the entire way didn't stop he made he went from 40 yards to like 16 yards and I mean just a snap wasn't wasn't really a run like I said he was he was strutting the entire time but just sidestepped in just showing off just just putting on a show it was so awesome walked right up to the decoy stopped about a foot from it just staring at it like hey look at me I'm right here and uh, I was I was trying to let him uh unpuff because you know i didn't want to mess up his feathers or anything i could see his you know he had a nice long beard and everything um but i was just trying to you know his head was tucked into his chest and everything so i didn't have a real great uh shot at his head he's standing there and uh he he never did let down he stayed strutting the whole time but he kind of worked around you know, he basically started sidestepping did like a little half circle around the decoy and basically, I got afraid that he was going to figure out that it was fake, and he was going to, you know, hit her, or touch her, or something, and and realize it was a decoy. So, went ahead and shot him while he was puffed up. But he he didn't take a step. He didn't know what hit him. Uh, didn't mess him up too bad. I was surprised. Um, but but that was it. It was 6:45. I mean, it all happened in five minutes. From the time he hit the ground to the time he was dead it was literally five minutes. Um, he just circled around, came into the wheat field, strutted his way in and I killed him. So, um, like I said, not the the craziest, most exciting story. The story's not quite over. Um, but yeah, I I did go back and watch my GoPro footage. He comes into the frame for maybe three seconds before I shoot him. And it's like way over on the side of the screen. It's not centered or anything. So yeah, I just, I just knew he was going to come straight in kind of, you know, from the right. And it would have been beautiful footage if he would have come from that way, but he just didn't cooperate. So I apologize again for like the 18th time. I keep saying I'm going to be better about filming stuff. Uh, but you know, when I just, when I finally get to go out there and do some hunting, the, the idea of, you know, lugging a camera around is just usually not as exciting, especially turkey. It's really hard to self-film a turkey hunting, a turkey hunt. They're just so on top of it. You're usually on the ground with them. They have really good eyesight. So it's just really, really tough, but anyway so pull the trigger turkey's dead and i'm like i'm excited but there's another side of them it's like man i could kill another turkey right now uh this part of texas they haven't reduced their tags or anything so i had four turkey tags uh for for this weekend and so i didn't even stop to take a picture (laughs) i pulled my decoy up and i figured the the other gobbler that had been close to my right i figured the shot probably would have affected him uh, I never heard him fly down i don 't know if he was still in the tree or down, uh but anyway, so I decided to to, to go to the left to the the gobbler that was further away just because I figured the shot wouldn't have bothered him as much and so I take off running about i'm gonna say probably went two hundred yards or so and uh staked the decoy found a little spot to hide and i hadn't you know he had shut up i hadn't heard him uh hit the hen call and uh and I heard him gobble. I got a response. But he was a pretty good ways away. I think the shot had affected him. I think he'd definitely turned the other way. Uh, he was definitely on the neighbors. I, I was probably sixty yards or so from the the fence, and he was a good ways on the other side of the fence. And so, I decided it would be better. It was still so early. You know, it was like six fifty or something at this point uh, that I'd be better off just picking up and going to a completely different spot instead of trying to work these turkeys that had, had kind of been spooked. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, still didn't really take any good pictures, took a few quick pictures and threw everything in the truck and took off. And, uh, I think I, I know I've talked about this before, but just in case, uh, people are new listeners, uh, this lease is really cool. Um, it's really unique and I can't give too many details cause it's not mine. My buddy would kill me. Um, uh, but, uh, it's really narrow. I mean, there's spots where it's only like hundred to 200 yards wide but it's really, really long, and so you're following this kind of windy road all the way through. Um, but I say all that to say, like, you're never that far from the neighbors. So you got to kind of be careful and, and watch what you're doing. Uh, but anyway, so I, I go around that creek, and I'm following the road, and all of a sudden a long beard is flying across the road in front of me, and I'm pretty sure it was the other one that had been close along the creek. I think he had flown down the other direction to the other side of the creek after I shot. And so he goes flying off and I'm kind of watching, you know, I, I know there's probably not a very good chance going to be able to call him in, but he ends up going across and landing on the neighbors. And so I was like, all right, well that one's done with, um, so keep going. And I went on back to the next Creek and this is, we call it the back, I like guess the furthest from the road. I want to say, I want to say it's like seven miles from this area all the way out to the road. Um, Again, just through like not even a road, not even a gravel road, just kind of a two track, like ranch road. And so, uh, park <clears throat> pretty good ways from the creek. Walk up, and uh, and again, I'm I'm figuring. Hopefully, you know, birds will still be talking. Um, I don't think I had to call. I think I was just walking along and heard a gobble, which was very encouraging. Um, and so I was like, you know what, time to get close. Time to get aggressive. So I walk all the way back, and I walk basically to the very end of the lease. Um, and I, I can see the fence. I make sure to stop you know, well short of it. Um, I'm, I'm already thinking like that fence could be a pain because I know turkeys always get hung up on the fence. But I didn't have a choice. I couldn't cross the fence. So, um, so yeah, so I, I go ahead. I, I get set up. I set my little blind up, set my decoy out there. Uh, I hear him gobble every couple minutes, and so I know he's still there. Get set up. And uh and make a few yelps and right away I hear some hens like straight to my right, uh on the neighbors, like fairly close. And I was like, Oh man, like there's turkeys everywhere. Like I, I got a real good shot. And uh and the the gobbler also responded and so I was like, Sweet man, like I'm about to double, like this is gonna be sweet, and I'm gonna double in like thirty minutes. And so uh, you know, try not to be too aggressive, even though I just watched Keith, you know, a week before be ultra aggressive, wait a few minutes, a few more yelps and uh, the 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 gobbler gobbles and then I hear the hens again and something about it just wasn't quite right it was really loud the cadence was just a little too perfect and I was like man I think that might be a hunter over there on the neighbors um, but I wasn't sure and so uh, you know w- wait. Uh, I hear them I hear the hens again. I was like, okay, like maybe it's real, maybe it's not a hunter. Uh I call the gobbler still gobbling. So we're just kinda like in a little triangle of, of turkeys here. And uh and and then I hear the hens again. I was like, man, that has to be a hunter. And I even stood up. I was like standing up looking through the mesquites and stuff, trying to see if I could see somebody, couldn't see anybody. Um they went quiet for a while. I was like, man, like what is like, is it turkeys? And then I heard them again, but it sounded like they were in a different spot. And so now I'm like, all right, like, am I crazy? Are these hens, are these just, is this just another turkey hunter that, you know, was moving, trying to get this galber to to come in or what? Um, so I kept going back and forth on whether I thought it was a hunter or not. And, uh, but I'm, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm not giving up. You know, this is a wild turkey. Like doesn't necessarily mean it's his. Um, so I, I call again and the gobbler goes quiet for a pretty good while. And uh, I'm not hearing the hens, not hearing the gobbler. Uh, I'm calling every you know couple minutes, not getting any responses. And so finally I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on around here, but I, I think whatever was happening is no longer happening. So um, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to pick up or stay. Uh, I went ahead and threw a couple more Yelps out and the gobbler responds. I mean, it, this has been like, 20 minutes since the last time he had called uh and so i was like okay like maybe i am still in the game maybe the other hunter left maybe whatever and so call again gobble responds again i was like all right sweet and then i hear the hens again to my right (laughs) what what the heck is going on here and so wait a few minutes trying to figure out what's going on and uh and then out of nowhere took me by complete surprise. All of a sudden I hear boom to my right. And I was like, ah, it was another hunter. Uh, but I look over there and I see a Turkey fly. And then I hear two more quick shots. (laughs) And so I think what had happened was that the other Hunter basically figured out that I was also a Hunter, not a Turkey. And he knew that he was in between the gobbler and me. And so I think he just shut up and let me call to the Turkey and I think what happened was, you know, he ended up seeing the gobbler, but it was a little further than, you know, what he had hoped. But he just didn't want the gobbler to come to me, and so he ch- basically just took a pop shot, you know, hoping. Um, but I'm pretty sure the pretty sure the, the turkey got away. Um, I did see some jakes after that, and I think two hens. Uh, so there were some b- other birds in the area, so I don't know. Maybe he did kill one with the first shot, and the other two shots were him trying to get a second one. I don't know. Uh, I didn't go over there and try to find out. I was kind of—I had my pride hurt a little bit, to be honest—that um, I got tricked. Um, so yeah, so ended up did not get a second bird. Came very very close. Um, I actually, and I—I I, I had a thought. I was like, man, I kind of think that that's still part of Randy's lease because there's a there's a corner post where the the fence juts out to the west, and I kind of thought where they were was still Randy's, but again, there was a cross fence, and I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to go over there, but I called Randy later to tell him the story, and come to find out, they were actually on his property, they had crossed off of their lease, and got onto Randy's, um, so then I wished I would have gone up, and, you know, confronted him, and talked to him, and, and, uh, you know, they stole my turkey, kind of, because it turns out the turkey was on Randy's lease, and, uh, they were not, so, Anyway, all of that to say, got one turkey was super excited about it did not get the second one. Um, I went ahead and went back to town or went back to the the house and uh, tried to take a nap but the the neighbors were mowing the yard. Uh, I did go back that evening uh, set up in a different spot. I took the the full ground blind this time uh, but I don't know what I don't know how I did not hear a single thing after the crazy morning that I had, but I did not hear a turkey, did not see a turkey. Um, absolutely nothing. And so, um, Sunday, because I'd already gotten a bird, uh, my, my wife had some stuff going on Sunday. So I went ahead and and did not hunt Sunday morning, uh, got back and, and was able to go to church with my wife and, and hang out with our little girl and stuff. So, so yeah, that, man, that was like three different stories really quickly. Uh, I think I did all that in like one stretch. I have not talked this long. In a long, long time. I haven't been doing a ton of episodes uh, these last couple weeks. And so, yeah, that is my 2023 turkey season. So, just kind of a quick recap. Uh, Went to Nebraska. Had a couple close calls. Called a Merriam's into 10 steps, but was not able to get it killed with my bow. Um, Tried some Oklahoma public land. Did not uh, hear, see, or anything else of a turkey. Um, Went with the foundation. Had an awesome time. They had turkeys everywhere. Um, that was also pretty encouraging to see. Um, you know, they kept, ugh, excuse me, they kept talking about how numbers were down compared to the past, but there were still quite a few turkey. You know, we saw plenty from the road. They still killed several. So, um, you know, we're hearing a lot of bad things about turkey numbers, but there are still birds out there. So that's encouraging. Um, and then, yeah, went out to Texas, killed a bird in five minutes almost got a second bird and uh you know that doesn't sound like a ton of hunting and it's not but i think that might be the most turkey hunting that i've ever done i've definitely never hunted three states before um i i I think i hunted three days in nebraska uh two days in oklahoma and then one day in texas so six days that's that's, you know, not too shabby, um, at least for me. So, uh, man, I, you know, I talked about how excited I was for Turkey season this year. You know, I was way more excited than I ever had been. And I think it made me even more excited for next year. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back to Nebraska next year this way, just kind of the way it fell with, uh, work and with my wife being out of town. Um, I ended up going to an archery season, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that again. I think I'm going to wait and go during gun season. Actually, I just saw my my uh, sister and brother-in-law came into town uh, for the funeral, and I was talking to him, and he said after I left, like a week later, there were just turkeys everywhere, even in their yard. And so, uh, yeah, I think going a, a week or two later would help, and then also just taking a stinking shotgun instead of a bow would be a huge help. So, So, yeah, probably do Nebraska next year. Um, I'd love to go hunt with the foundation again, or you'll know, be a guide, um, do some turkey hunting in Oklahoma. And then I always have the place in West Texas where there's actually turkeys. And so that makes it really fun also. So yeah, that's going to do it for uh, turkey season 2023. That's also going to go ahead and do it for this podcast. I don't think I'm going to do a, a separate outro. I'm just going to close it out here. So, so yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope y'all enjoyed all the turkey content. I don't know what we're going to get into next. I got to figure that out. But uh man, it's already what, May? Yeah, it's already May. So let's see may june july august, well may june july august september yeah four months basically from uh from deer season so we got a lot to cover we got a lot to do uh, my throat is killing me i just talked for 58 minutes straight so i'm gonna shut this thing down so thank you guys for listening uh i love you guys and until next week i will see y'all right back here on the oklahoma outdoors podcast Have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection.